Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA-focused podcasts, Cavaliers Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Knuck If You Buck, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. You know, Coach, um, a lot of times we have either football coaches or baseball coaches on the podcast, and they're talking about establishing a program. So down at Olean, um, tell us how things went. Did you have a particular coach set in at, at like the third and fourth grade level, at the sixth grade level? When did you start them out? Did you have the same consistency? Were they doing the same defensive drills you were? Tell us about all the ins and outs of that. Well, I, I, I think early on, you know, like I was, I was a, in, in pretty good shape back when I first started and, you know, way, way back, you know, you couldn't even coach your teams in the summer. It was terrible. I mean, it was, you couldn't have open gyms and be there with them. You couldn't coach them during the summer. Um, eventually, you know, became a time where you could, could play with them. Uh, as far as, you know, really establishing anything in, in the lower programs, I really didn't do that. Um, my seventh and eighth grade coach, um, you know, what I ended up doing was just a basic motion offense. You know, I showed them, you know, and we actually run it on the varsity, you know. So I wanted them to start running that. And um, my JV coach was, was, is, is huge. Um, when Tim came into the program, you know, we were able to, you know, work with a JV coach, you know, and show them different things that we were were running and stuff. Um, but I, I think, you know, the big thing is, and I, and you guys are going to probably laugh about this, but um, I had a couple coaches, you know, we'd go to the Bonnet team camp every year. And uh, I had a couple coaches, they said, Coach, hey, you know, like, we've watched you in four straight sectional championship games, 
and you don't say a word, you know, and you're down here at upon a team camp and you're going to town on a couple of your guys. And I go, you know what? I said, I said, if I have to be really saying a lot in March, then I'm a pretty poor coach. You know, I said, I haven't done my job preparing them, but I said, you know, in the summer, that's when we're starting to come together. You know, uh, we're learning things. And, and thank God for, like, the summer leagues and the team camps and, and the coaches being allowed to coach. But, you know, um, for instance, uh, the summer league took place uh, uh, at Salamanca. You know, we played a lot of games at Salamanca, and they had that um, – they had the two gyms there, and we would we would go in. I'd say get there if, if we played at say five o'clock or early game. I'd say get there, you know, like at four fifteen, and we would just go over things, just go over things, go over things, you know, whether it's an offensive set, whether it's you know the two to one press or whatever. At that time that we wanted to start implementing, you know, and then we can do it, you know, and. Um, but you, you learn a lot about your personnel, you know. I, I mean, some people think, well, you, you know, you, you, you learn when it starts in November. And, and, yeah, you do learn a little bit then, obviously, you know. But you, you want to start building the foundation in the summer and, you know, uh, and stuff. And I, I think that's what really helped has helped us the last several years, guys. I really do. You know, it's not – not like they had anything going on in the elementary school or anything, um, but I, I think it's you got You have to have the continuity in your program, and your JV coach has to absolutely, you know, be able to run your stuff. You know, th- think about it. Say one of your players goes down, you know, is injured, out for the rest of the year, out for six weeks, and that that really good JV player that you know could step up, maybe be seventh or eighth man, and he comes up, but your JV coach isn't running anything that you run. He's, he's, he's never going to make it. You, you can't even move him up. So it's, it's, really, it's really important that your JV coach runs the same stuff. And, you know, you talk about, like, Tim taking over last year, but the guys that – Tim does a phenomenal job. And the guys that he had – the younger guys that he had, he coached them for three years, you know. So, I mean, that's that's big because they come up and then the guys that played for me, we're running the same stuff. So, you know, it's a smoother transition, you know. So it, it's, it's absolutely paramount that your JV coach runs the same stuff. Coach, when you're getting – and I love everything you're saying here as a varsity coach now for – a couple of years, I think that's absolutely right. You know, the JV has to be in sync. So when you're teaching, are you more of a drills guy? Are you a scrimmage guy? What was your philosophy in terms of getting everybody on the same page? Well, I, I think we do a lot of drills. And uh, we do a lot of drills, you know, both on the offensive, defensive, and rebounding end. But in, in terms of getting – uh, everybody on the same page, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, like with Tim, with us working together for all those years before he took the JV team over, you know, I think it's just a matter of uh, we run the same drills. Uh, the offense is, you know, you, you walk, obviously you walk the kids through, you know, you get them acclimated to it. 
you know, um, I was talking about in the summer at Salamanca, you know, it was a great opportunity because you could run through the plays and you could put guys at different positions and, and have them run through the plays so they felt comfortable. And, you know, you could do that throughout the summer, you know, not only during the summer league, but the team camps that you went to. So it, we used it as a building block, but um, as far as teaching the offenses, you know, uh, in, in the, the plays, we ran a lot. If you look at my card, you'd think, holy cow, you know, I had a lot of sets, a lot of sets written down. And, and I, I probably wasn't real smart there at times because, you know, you think about the word kiss and they say, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. But, but I'm yeah, like, right. you know, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, this is, this is a great play. And, and, and I, I just started thinking about this, but you're going to really laugh about this. I would I would go over the other team's plays and how we we're going to defend them, and there were several times I'd go, I really like this play. I'm going to put this play in, you know. And uh, my coaches would start laughing, and my player, one player, she says, well, coach, you know, like, why are you doing that? I go, this is a good play. You know, like, like, why wouldn't I? You know, he says, well, should you be doing that? I go, why not? You know, and I'll never forget. This is a true story. I'll never forget this. Uh, we're covering, I, I was going over Fredonia's um, out-of-bounds plays, and they ran a 1-4 set, baseline set, and I said, I really like this. And I am not lying, guys. I am not lying. <laughs> comes down to the end of the game. I call, I call timeout. I go, we're running for Donia's play. And they all look at me. I go, we're running for Donia's play. And we come out, we get a layup, and we win the game. I'm not even, I, I'm not, I, I'm telling you the truth. And it was, I said, I like this play, you know. And uh, gosh darn it, I don't know if uh, they even know that we ran their play. They, they must because it was their play. But we ended up getting a layup. We won the game. So, you know, you, you think about those things, but. Um, you know, with, with the offenses and stuff, it's just repetition. You know, it really is. You just got to keep going over it and over it and over it. Some kids pick it up right away. Some kids struggle, you know. So um, we would have a time, you know, before practice started, uh, say, guys, if, if you're struggling with the offense, you know, come in early, you know, get ready and, and run it with some of your teammates. You know, one of the coaches will be here overseeing it and, and just go through, you know, and I think about like Mike Schmidt playing for me. I mean, Mike, you know, he just take the guys down and say, all right, this is what you do, you know. So um, you have some good players that are also, you know, good coaches, good on the floor coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, Coach, as you um, got towards the end of your career, what do you think, how do you think that the game changed the most from the beginning of your career to the end of your career? <laughs> I, I'm laughing because uh, the shot clock was the best thing they ever put in in high school basketball. The shot clock was, when I first started coaching, there was no shot clock. And um, think about this. What would you guys do? We're playing for Donia. No shot clock. We're up 12 points. It gets to be the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, I had a kid that was 6'10", unbelievable player. Um they give, they give his guy the ball, and I tell I say, Charles, back up. Don't even go out and play him. So Charles is backed up. They hold the ball for seven minutes and so many seconds, I think, and they, they, they shoot right at the end of the 
the quarter and we go in at half, the fans are booing. <laughs> um, we get in at halftime and, and, and my players are like, Coach, what are you doing? I go, guys, we're up 12 points. He says, well, let's, let's go out and play them. I go, no. I go, no. They're behind by 12 points. If they don't want to shoot, they lose by 12. So I'm, I'm like trying to justify it, right? We go out the second half. They do the same thing the whole game. People are like booing, you know, like, um, you know, I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, what the heck? So, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like, I can't believe that you're losing. You're gonna. I could see they're winning, but they're down. Right. It, it didn't make sense to me. I go if you, if if the game ends, you lose by twelve. What are you doing? You know, I'm not. Why, why go out and play you at this point? So so you can see the, the the predicament I'm in because I have a I have a great team. You know, so I uh, we had to go down to Fredonia for for our second time with them. And I said, we are not going to jerk around. Um, I said, we're going 1-3-1 right from the get-go. I mean, we hammered them. <laughs> I mean, Charles, my guy, he snapped the rim down so hard, I, I thought the game was going to end because they had to try to fix the rim. Um, I think they only scored 17 or 19. They might have scored 19 in the game. I mean, we, we clobbered them. But, I, I, you know, I probably should have went out and played them. But I, I'm like – it do- doesn't make sense to me. You know, like, you're down tw- 12. You're going to stand out there? You're, you're going to be happy when you leave the you know, the game's over and you lose by 12? Yeah. Well, well I think, Coach, it's, there's a reason why you've won so many games, right? It's not rocket science. It's kind of like when, you know, we've played teams where we're up, like, 10 points and the team just sits back in a 2-3 zone. And, you know, I'm telling my guys, like, we don't need to shoot the first shot in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock even. Yeah. Like, you need to you need to, to make them come and earn earn the ball back a little bit or at least throw away some of that time. It's, it's crazy. Um, what about the three-point line? You, you have some experience with, you know, the three-point line coming into existence about the time you took over. Um, what do you think that's kind of done from your playing days into then into your coaching days? Oh my God! Has that always been something that's been part of your repertoire and you wanted to focus on? You know, it, it's funny because I was like uh, in high school, I played a lot with my back to the basket, but I was, you know, I I I could put it down on the floor, you know, but I wasn't probably, you know. Uh, my dad probably had the best jump shot of all of us. At a, not probably, he did. He was a heck of a, he had a heck of a jump shot. But uh, um, I, I just felt like uh, with a, you know, with the three point line, um, if you have good shooters, you know, why not use it? Uh, but I was when I first started out, you know, I, I looked at, you know, getting the ball inside. I, I usually had a really good big man that could score inside. So, you know, I said, you know, why not use that? If you can get a layup, you know, why, why shoot a, you know, 22 footer. But um, over the years, you know, when you you think about the shooters I had, you know, like over the years, Dennis Turner Jr. And, you know, Michael Gibbons and Dean Edwards and, and, and Dean didn't, didn't have the, he didn't have the, uh, yeah, he had the three point shot. Um, it just came in my first year of coaching. So, but you had Dean, you had, you know, I had some really super shooters over the years. You know, you look at Nick Schmidt, you look at, uh, 
you know, like I said, uh, you know, Dennis and those guys, but uh, I had some tremendous shooters. But I also had some guys that uh, uh, could really score inside, you know, and uh, it, it, it's really funny, guys, but the year that we won the state championship in 2016, I didn't have an inside player. You know, we were guard-orientated. Uh, we had um, um, a couple of guys, Elijah Ramadan, you know, was, was a bigger guy, but he handled the ball great. He was more a guard. And then Ben Ekstrom, you know, now Ben shot the ball very well. He was a, he was a great shooter um, also, you know, and uh, but the, those guys won that state championship. And I didn't know if you could win the state championship really without having a a good big guy, you know, but they proved me wrong. They were just a, a phenomenal, unselfish team. Uh, they made the extra pass. They uh, played great defense. Uh, I got to tell you a little story. Will Bathers, another phenomenal player, great shooter for me. Uh, Will, uh, it was uh, – Tryouts just ended. I always sit my team down every single practice and talk to them. I might, you know, have a little uh, story to tell them. I might have, you know, a saying for the day or something to tell them. But I sit them down and uh, I said, you know, and, and this is a team with three 1, 000, over 1,000-point 1, scores. I had Nick Schmidt, I had Sam Ekstrom, and I had Will Bathers. All right? And – they all, the three of them went over a thousand points. So it's their senior year, third day. I sit them down. I go, guys, defense is going to be our constant. And Will says, coach, we can score a hundred points anytime we want to. I go, you think so? Well, he goes, yeah. I go, well, that may be, but I pretty much guarantee you there's going to be a game. You don't score over a hundred. You know, so, you know, we we were going we had an independent schedule. We, we went that year. We were playing really good teams and, um, you know, we were pretty successful. But anyway, we're playing Greece Athena at home. They were undefeated. I don't know if they were 15 and all 16 and all, but we ended up beating them. They had Anthony Lamb playing for them. And, um, you know, he was a, just an outstanding player and. Um, we ended up beating them, and we had to go to Rochester East and play them, uh, I don't know, a week and a half. I was at that game with Chad Center, Corey Andrews. Were you, with, you were there? And yeah. if you remember correctly with that game, Will was on fire. All right. Yes, he was. I think he hit his first, like, eight shots. Yeah. And uh, if you remember, we had to lead almost the whole game until it gets to the fourth quarter and we're in foul trouble. I don't know if I had one or two guys foul out and I had two more with four maybe, and they just stopped playing defense, totally stopped playing defense, and we lose the game. So next day of practice, I I go into the storage room, I pull out the TV, I pull out the chairs, I, I put the DVD in the TV and I start playing it, and as I'm playing it, I, I go, Will, I said, did we score 100 points last night? And you could hear a pen hit the floor. I, I, said, I said, I've actually seen cement blocks move a little bit more than you guys moved your feet yesterday because you get in foul trouble, you stop playing. And uh, yeah. to make a longer story short, two years later, 
I have Will and Luke Hennessy and Nick Schmidt where I take them out to lunch at Taste of Pizza. So we're, we're sitting in there and uh, Will goes, Coach, I sure do wish we played defense like your teams the last two years. I go, oh, what happened that we can score 100 points anytime we want to? And the guys just broke out laughing, you know. But uh, yeah. it's just funny because, you know, like that – group was just so talented. I mean, they were unbelievably talented. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I still, I, I come in with the same philosophy every year. Hey, defenses are constant, you know, like, you know, let's, let's go out. You can have a bad game offensively and defensively. It'll give you an opportunity to win. You know, if you play good defense, it will. And you know? and I, I really believe in that. I think, you know, I, I think my players have all bought into that. And I, I think when they buy into that, you're going to be successful. And, uh, you know, I've always had high expectations, guys. And, you know, when we're at practice, you know, it, you know, I'll say, listen, it's not good enough. You know, you can do better. You know, like, you know, and it, it doesn't matter if it's my 13th guy or if it's my number one guy, you know, like, you have to have high expectations for them. And, um, you know, you have to put them in positions, you know, where they can eventually achieve it, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I, the year that we lost to Batavia, you remember that in that crossover, that nightmare game? Um, yeah, it was, uh, the game before the, it was the regional game and we're playing Batavia and, um, they made a crazy shot in the corner, if I can remember. Correctly. You got it right. But leading up to that game, um, we we do that two on one progression. We do it. We do it every day. We we did it like every day of practice. And when when it got to five on five, we treated it as end of game. So, like every single end of game, you know, I I divide the teams up. So Nick. Schmidt wouldn't be with Sam and Will, you know, and Luke, you know, he'd be on another team. And every single practice, it seemed, Nick would hit a three at the end to win the game. So, like, I said to Tim, you know, I said, Tim, this is serious. I go, you know, like, so I, I take the guys out. I go, guys, like, like, look at, you have a two-point lead right now. All right? You know Nick's a good shooter. All right? Why are we not playing the arc? Why are we not switching everything hard, playing the arc? The worst scenario that should happen, the guy goes in, you know, maybe they score and the game goes into overtime. That's the worst scenario that should happen. But, like, every single so, – so, like, I bet you for a month and a half, um, what we started doing, I would take Sam out. I would take Sam out. We, we actually did this, like, I don't know, about every day. I would take Sam, my big guy, out. I would put Max Portlow in, who is really athletic kid, you know, for defensive purposes. And I said, you know, we're going we're gonna to work on switching. We're going to work on playing the arc. We're going to, you know, all this stuff. Well, I guess, you know, to my guys, it, it was just a freakish play that happened. But there were seven seconds left. Um, we, uh, end up, uh, I put Max in for Sam. I said, guys, we're switching everything. You know, the worst scenario is the game goes in overtime. So they throw the ball into their, 
best player, the Washington kid. And I have Pat Shola guarding him. And Washington's probably 6'2", maybe uh, 6. He probably went about 230 maybe. So he just, they inbound the ball to him, and he just puts his head down, and he just takes off. He gets to the arc, and he just runs Pat Shola right over. Pat goes to the floor. He probably slides five feet. Washington goes to the floor. He's rolling. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the ball. I'm like, it's going to go out of bounds. We're going to win the game right there. And as he's rolling, guys, he kicks the ball, and it goes up in the air to the guy in the corner. And the guy in the corner is in a squat position, and he catches it, and he lets it go. It goes straight up in the air, never touched the rim, just went right through. And, and we lost that game, and never. it was a nightmare. I mean, it was absolute nightmare game. Um, but you know, it, it just, sometimes it, things are just out of your control. Like I thought we were so prepared for that situation. And, you know, I remember Max, he ended up jumping over Washington and, you know, I don't know why he was, he was probably thinking he was going to take a charge, but we didn't work on that. We worked on, you know, defending the arc in that situation, but he ended up jumping over Washington, and he ended up behind the guy that shot the ball. And if you looked at a picture of that, his hand was probably, fingers were probably an inch from the ball, inch and a half from the ball. Yes. And uh, it went nothing but net, guys. It went straight up and straight down right through the net. Coach, I have one last question for you. Um, it was 2018, and we were going to meet you guys in sectional championships, and I, had a, I knew that you guys had a great team that year, and I'm watching six or seven films on you, and my assistant coach says, well, what do you think? And I'd say, well, I believe we have a chance to slow them down, but I don't know how we're going to score on them. And forever I wanted to ask you, do you know when you have a team like that where you're going to be able to implement all those defensive principles that you want and just sink your teeth into them? Or is it usually, you know, take some time around the 10th game or 11th game? Um, what are your feelings on that? I don't, you know, like, I think I'm, it's my personality, but I'm, you know, I, I like to dig right in right away. And, um, you know, even scrimmages, Coach, you know, like wh what I'll do is, I'll, I'll get back from a scrimmage, and I'll go through that scrimmage, break it down, you know, and I'll, I'll say, you know, and I'll, I'll, I like to show it to the kids because sometimes you talk to them and it goes in one ear and they think they're doing great, you know, but, but, but unfortunately for them, the, the tape doesn't lie, you know. So I'll put it in and I'll go, look, look at this. Look at where the ball was being driven from here. Look at where you were. You know, you you were way late. Why were you late? You know, you got to see that guy coming. You know, ball you man, you're getting in the paint. You know, sometimes positioning, you know, they're positioning. They're too far out of the paint. There's no way they could possibly get there. And then, you know, uh, closeouts, you know, like we work on closeouts a lot. You know, and if, if the guy's a shooter, you got to run him off the – you got to run him off the, the line. You know, like – I, and they laugh at me. I'll, I'll go, guys, look, look at this. Is this a closeout? And I'll go like, I'll take like two little steps and just nonchalantly put my hand up. I go, that's what you just look like. 
You know, like you gotta come out there, chop those feet, break it down. You know, if the guy's a, a driver, if the guy's a shooter, you know, you gotta come out hard and you gotta force him to put the ball down. You gotta force him, and then everybody else has got to be in position. You know, so I, I don't, I don't wait. You know, like Eric, I'm, I'm after him like right away, like scrimmages. You know, and and I'm, I'm building up to that. You know, I, I want to be a a fully oiled machine but by, by the time march rolls around we should be you know we should be re- really raring to go and and at our you know at our best we really should be coach i love it seeing you in in february and early march um eric just brought up a time when he had an opportunity to go against you and we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. We appreciate your time so much but i, I would be remiss if i didn't bring up a couple of games that we had against you and just reiterate everything you're saying about the defense. Um, one of the years we played you guys with, was with Jake Houseneck, if you remember that team. Yes. You guys are pretty good. I think went to states that year. And we played you at Buff State. And same thing as what Coach Klump just said. I, we thought we had you. Like, we played you tough that day. We lost by six. And uh, I think one of our, our biggest comments, and, and my staff has been with me for a while, and we just always give props to your team because that was a battle. We had a player, J.C. Treader, on our team that's our all-time leading scorer. Yes. And it was just a battle between him and Jake that entire game. There was dunks. There was threes. I mean, it was just an elect. Do you remember anything from that game or from that team? Oh, I do. I do. Uh, J.C. was tough. You ran that pick and roll. We worked on that, worked on that, worked on trying to stop that. You guys were so good at that, Coach. Honest to God, it was uh, it was tough. I mean, I was very, very concerned coming in that game. I said, you know, like, J.C. so tough, and you had uh, – I don't remember your guard's name, but really good. And uh, I said, they run that to perfection, you know. And uh, we worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And uh, I tell you, you, you guys had a really nice team. We were very fortunate to get out of there with a, with a W that night. Yeah, we uh, that was probably the best team we've had, and uh, we always say we're like, oh, we, we let one slip away against those guys because yeah, I think it was a two, maybe a two or three possession game, and you guys just marched right to Glens Falls that year, if I remember correctly. We did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, such a great year. And that one last point, I'm going to bring this up because I know you're meticulous with the scouting, and I typically am too. I know Eric is as well. Um, the following year, we actually played against you again, and uh, we were so determined to get to get that win. Um, you you lost some guys, and we had all of our guys back, and we had a scouting report. And I just want to share this with you. It's, it's such a great anecdote, um, one that I feel like I shouldn't even. You got so many great ones, but we had a scouting report on your team the next year with uh, James Chapman, if you remember him, and Joe Palumbo. Yes. Um, that team, and I think Kevin Stevens, and I, I had to look it up because I knew we were talking today, and uh, Kevin Stevens was on, on your bench. I think you and I only played like six guys each that game, and Kevin Stevens wasn't even on our scouting report because I think he only scored maybe three or four points a game the whole season, and uh, he lit us up for 19. He had four threes, and I remember after the game going, what just happened? 
we had every base covered, and then this, and then Kevin just came out and just absolutely roasted us, and we lost another tight one. And it was just you guys just always seem to step up, and like you said, we scored a lot of points that year. You held us to thirty-eight, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Defense, defense travels, man. You guys just did such a great job. Well, you guys both, like I said, you're great coaches, and I had so much respect for what you've done. You've built programs, and you're so successful, and I wish you guys the best of luck this year. Really, I, I really do. I, I, yeah, it's been interesting, right, with the uh, with the COVID experience. What's your takeaway with us getting so many games in? How would you, how would you have approached it if you were still coaching? Uh, it's it's really tough because, you know, on one hand, uh, you know, you, you're looking at possibly not having a season. So I, I, I would have probably cherished just being able to play the games. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that would have hurt me is is um, I like to really uh, prepare for the next team that we're going to be playing. And there's no downtime. You guys are just like yeah. you, you play and then you have a practice the next day and then you play again, you know, so. Um, and, and I always had my teams in great shape, even though my, the guys that I had at the beginning of my career said I got soft as I got older. So, uh, I don't know, but, but, uh, we were always in great shape, you know, I felt, and, um, I think, you know, right now you're probably seeing some, you know, some guys with some heavy legs and stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. you just have to be careful that, you, don't, you know, you get those little injuries and they might nag them because you have so many games right in a row. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Well, I think uh, you would have handled it great, I'm sure. And, you know, your coaching tree speaks for itself with Tim and Olean and Adam at Salamanca. Um, Obviously you've been a mentor to many and Eric and I included coach. We really appreciate you coming on. Oh gosh, guys, it's my pleasure. Um, you, you had mentioned Mike McDonald. You guys don't know this, but Mike McDonald coached with me the first year I coached at Olean. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And Terry Zay coached with me the next two years. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, there's there's some nuggets. There's some nuggets I did not know. Yeah. Little little insight that when Mike was with me, I, I said, Mac, you know, what do you think? He says we're going to shoot a lot of threes and press. So we. We would, we would miss the three, you know, and we'd miss another three. Then we'd get in the press. they get a layup. They'd, we'd press again. they get a layup. I said, we're out of the press. He goes, coach, you got to hang with it. I go, Mac, I said, I guess I'm not a pressing coach because, you know, we're, we're not going to keep giving up layups, you know. So, But he was uh, – I, I, we still stay in close contact. I love Mac. He's a great coach, and uh, I was so great having him. Uh, great memories with him. Uh, coaching with me that first year, you know, he was attending St. Bonaventure and then Terry Zay the next two years. So I've had some great assistance over the years. And obviously, you know, uh, you're not going to win the Kentucky Derby if you don't have players. So, you know, I always say you're not going to con- win the Kentucky Derby with a jackass, but I've had great players. They bought into the system and, and, and all you can do is put them in the best position you can do to, to win the game. They, they're going to be the ones that, that pull the game out for you, you know, and um, so I've been very, very lucky over the years. Well, Coach, we were very lucky to have you on tonight. Yes, sir. Um, we will definitely get this episode out. I know there's a lot of people in Western New York and around the surrounding areas that really admire 
what you were able to do at Oleand, and, and they're going to love hearing from you. So thanks for coming on, Coach. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 